What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I'm your host, Greg Helbeck. And on this podcast, you are going to learn exactly how to be a successful real estate investor step by step by me interviewing some of the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the entire country. And there's also going to be a bunch of episodes where I'm just going to individually talk about real estate deals that I've done that have been successful, some deals that haven't been successful. I'm going to talk about my weekly real estate investing lessons, stuff that I've learned from the trenches that you can learn for free on this podcast. So if you're looking to level up your game as a real estate investor or become a real estate investor, this is the podcast to listen to. So if you do get value from the show today, please do me a favor and leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on so we can get this message in front of more people. And without further ado, welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? My name is Greg Helbeck, and on today's podcast slash YouTube video, I'm going to give you a real estate investing weekly lesson. And this week's topic is buying a house and actually renting it back to a seller. Can you believe I just said that? Buying a house from a seller and then renting it back to them, right? That's a scary thing if you're brand new. But today I'm going to talk about why should you do this sometimes? How do you do it? What are some of the risks? What are some ways you can mitigate your risk? So hopefully by the time you're listening or watching this, you'll be well equipped to do that if the deal warrants that. So before I get into that, if you're not familiar with me, my name is Greg Helbeck. I've been a full-time real estate entrepreneur now for over eight years. I've done well over 200 deals. I got a seven-figure business back on the East Coast. I also do some business out here at West where I live. So all the advice I'm giving you is from my own experience. So this is not regurgitated theory out of a book. So let's begin today's topic all about renting properties back to the seller after we buy the house. So if you're not familiar with that term, the, the way that a lot of people talk about it is they call it a rent back, which means you buy a house from a seller and then after you close on the house, you actually let the seller stay there and they pay you rent. Why would somebody ever do this? Like you're thinking like, Greg, if I'm buying their house, wouldn't they want to move? Wouldn't they have to go somewhere else? And why would I ever do that? There's a few reasons you'd want to do that. And the first reason is you can really negotiate a pretty good deal when you agree to rent the property back to the seller because it gives them, number one, peace of mind. And number two, it's something that not a lot of people are willing to do, especially like in the area. I do a lot of business in New York. It's very difficult to actually do evictions. So if you rent the property back to the seller, you are taking a little bit more risk because it would be hard to get them out if they decide not to leave. So step one, analyze the situation and figure out if that rent back is going to add a tremendous amount of value to the seller. I'm actually going to talk to you about a deal I did this on years ago and how it made sense for everybody. So number one is you want to analyze the deal and see if it really adds a lot of value to the seller. Because a lot of sellers, believe it or not, if it's not a rental house or if it's not vacant, sellers are overwhelmed. Moving is a pain in the ass for anybody, especially a distressed seller. So when sellers come to the idea that they have to sell their house, that's very intimidating. And then the second thing is after they sell their house, they have to find a new place to go. They're going to be super overwhelmed a lot of the time. So if you could come in with an offer where you can buy their house, relieve them from whatever debt they have or whatever the case is on why they're selling, and then offer them the ability for them to rent that same property back to you for a short timeline, obviously, you don't want to do this over the long haul. You can add a tremendous amount of value to the seller in that particular transaction. You got to really understand what their pain points are, what they need, and how you can craft an offer that fits like a glove around their actual needs. Number two, you got to weigh the risks out as an investor. So if you're a real estate investor, there's always a risk reward thing you have to do. So you got to look at this deal and say, all right, worst case scenario, if I do this and I agree to rent this property to the homeowner, who would then be your tenant in that case, what's the worst that could happen? The actual worst that could happen in all reality is that the seller doesn't pay you rent and you have to evict them and they trash the house. Besides catastrophes happening to the property, which are not very common, thank God. You also have to ask yourself, 
how long would it take for all this to unfold if I have to evict the seller and get an attorney involved and not collect rent? You have to look at all this and you have to decide, is this worth doing it? So the key here is you got to make sure that you get a really good deal on the front end and you have the room to potentially absorb all those hits on the back end if the seller doesn't comply with that rental agreement after you close. Step number three here is fairly simple. You have to have a really good real estate attorney involved in this deal. Even if you're not in New York, a lot of the deals I do are in New York, so you have an attorney regardless. But if you're doing this out of state, let's say you're in Pennsylvania or Ohio or Nevada, you want to actually hire a real estate attorney for this specific deal. You want to have the attorney look at your contract and look at your lease agreement. And you really want to make sure you have your stuff dialed in because if you don't get an attorney involved and you think you know it all and the title company just does everything, you could really put yourself in a situation where you make the wrong move and you can pay the price and have the wrong paperwork and have the seller burn you. And I'm not saying that sellers are going to burn you a lot of the times, but at the end of the day, you got to go in here with your eyes open and really understand what you're doing. How do we actually conduct a transaction like this? What does this actually look like? So the first thing you do is you write up a contract to buy the seller's house. The second thing is you basically figure out with that seller, how long do they need to stay? A lot of the times we do this on a very short-term basis. The seller needs two months to move or the seller needs 30 days to move. And you determine with the seller, how long is that rental agreement going to be post-closing? You got to get that clear in writing. You never want to have the vague, oh, I'm going to stay here until I find a place to go. You never want to have that. There's got to be details in that agreement saying the seller has a lease from May 1st to June 30th. That's 60 full days. And after that, the lease expires. The seller has to leave. The next thing after that is you got to make sure there is skin in the game for the seller, right? You never give the seller all their money if you rent them the house back. You always leave money in escrow. You never give that seller all their proceeds the day you close on their house to purchase. So you always leave a pretty good amount of money in escrow. So let's say you're buying their house for 200 grand. You're going to leave $10,000 in escrow and the seller is going to get 190 at closing because that money in escrow is an incentive for the seller to actually leave because the way that we structure these deals is we put in our agreements that if that seller does not vacate the property upon the certain date that we agreed on, that money in escrow gets forfeited and it goes right into our pocket and it does not go into the seller's pocket. So that seller has to have a real penalty if they don't perform on their end of the lease agreement. So you got to have that in there. You never give the seller all their money. You leave at least $10,000. If not, the more the better, honestly, because you want that seller to have a serious incentive to get out of that property. Because like I said, if you're doing this in a state that's not landlord friendly, it could take you six months to evict somebody. And in California, it could even take you a year if you're in the wrong area, like the Bay Area or something like that. And then in terms of them paying you rent, if they have income, they can pay you off of that income. If they don't have any income, you can use the money you leave in escrow to pay you rent and you can have have the attorney pay you directly. So those are the things you want to do when you're buying a property, renting it back to the tenant. I'll give you a quick example here and then I'll end the video. So I bought a property. I think the address was 55 Foss Lane in Huguenot, New York, up in the Middletown, Otisville area. This was a Port Jervis area. This was actually, I think in 2022, but the seller was moving down south. Like a lot of these people in New York, they sell their New York house and they move to the Carolinas or Florida. So they're moving down south. They needed money from this sale in order to move. So we ended up, I think, leaving $10,000 in escrow. So I bought the house. The seller paid me, I think, $1,000 a month for two months. The seller ended up vacating the property after the lease was up. And then I got the property vacant and the seller moved. They got the rest of their money. And I ended up putting, I don't know, 15, 20 grand into that property and selling it, making a profit. There was a complete win-win. I added a lot of value to the seller. They got their problem solved. I got the house at a good price. So don't be scared to do this. If you're brand new and you've never done a house before, I probably wouldn't do this. I would definitely get a couple deals at minimum under your belt before you pull something like this off. But it can be a really valuable tool. It could be a really good addition to your offer. So hopefully you got value from this video. And if you did, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, like the video, share this podcast if you're listening on an audio platform. 
And if you're in New York, San Diego, Reno, or Delaware, you have a house you want to wholesale me or you want to wholesale with me. I'll either buy the house from you if you're a wholesaler or if you just want a JV, a deal, I have really good buyers in all those areas I mentioned. So if you do have a deal, email me, greg at velocityhousebuyers.com and I'll see you on the next REI weekly lesson.